Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. And we are now joined. Um, we are grateful to have Ole Miss Spirits Ben Garrett with us. Ben, how you doing, my man? I'm good, bro. It's uh, been a long day, but it's been, if you're an Ole Miss fan, a very uh, productive one, especially with the hiring of Bradley Del Pavetto as the linebackers coach. So a busy day, but like I said, a productive day. Yeah, a um, little bit of a, you know, some – Breaking news uh, when I was on my way home from from work. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, the the burning question, obviously, uh, why we wanted to have you on is uh, what everyone wants to know. Um, kind of give us the rundown. Um, what's going on right now? What's your thoughts? And what do you think is going to happen on Tuesday with the five star running back Cam Akers? Well, I, I've been pretty consistent in this and saying that I fully expect him to commit to Ole Miss on Tuesday. Um, every person I talk to, every sign that I'm, I'm getting points toward a commitment to Ole Miss. Now with recruiting, anything can cha- anything can happen. Things change. It's fluid. I can give you all the qualifiers you want, but if you're asking me as of today, and I'm sure people will be listening to this on the 22nd. So as of today, December 22nd, 2016, I fully expect Cam Akers to announce for Ole Miss. And it's been like that for a while. I think they hit a little bit of a snag um, with the Phil Longo hire, not because he necessarily didn't like the idea of Phil Longo. It had more to do with how he found out. And um, that, that definitely threw a wrench in some things because the Sunday before the dead period, uh, Cam Akers was all but sewn up. Uh, I, it was pretty much done. The family member that had not been pro Ole Miss was in the in-home, and Ole Miss had even convinced this person that Ole Miss was gonna was the, was the place to be, and he was on board with it. Um, but you know, th- things can change. But as of now, I, th- I think it's Ole Miss, and if Ole Miss does land him, um, it's going to be a, a huge addition. This is, in my opinion, the one recruit who. If Ole Miss didn't land him, it would be devastating for the recruiting class. He just means that much. The NCAA stuff has certainly hampered Ole Miss's efforts on the recruiting trail. It's like they've been going out there with one hand behind their back uh, and tied behind their back. It's been tough for them. And because that cloud hasn't dissipated at all, it's only led to more conversations and having to continue to reassure recruits who in any other year would probably be committed by now that, no matter what happens, Ole Miss, if it's the place for you, we'll take care of you. We'll make sure that um, should anything happen with NCAA, you, you won't be stuck. I mean, they've had to have conversations where they've told recruits, look, if Ole Miss gets his harder, harder than we expect and you want to transfer, we won't restrict your transfer. They've had to have these conversations, and these are just unprecedented conversations that they've had to have with recruits because of the uncertainty as it pertains to NCAA. But really, I, I think Cam is is a domino type of effect if he commits he'll really just mean so much to what the recruiting class could potentially be especially in mississippi um he's that important and uh as long as Ole Miss can get him in as of today that, that seems to be what's going to happen 
So all, all of those things that you just said is exactly what Ole Miss fans want to hear. Um, so playing devil's advocate here, what makes you think that Cam Akers won't be something along the lines of a Jeffrey Simmons from last year, a Leo Lewis from two years ago, um, you know, that heartbreak on either signing day or when Ole Miss fans thought they had it in the bag and at the 11th hour things changed. What do you think makes Cam Akers different from those situations? In seven years, I've been making Ole Miss recruiting predictions. I've been wrong on two kids, Jeffrey Simmons and Leo Lewis. Leo in hindsight was um, – May, it, it, it was definitely, in hindsight, makes a lot of sense as to why he ended up at Mississippi State. The red flags were there, just most of us didn't see it, see it, and especially with the people we talked to, they didn't see it either. He was never, though he was committed to Ole Miss at the time, he was never publicly committed. He never said a word about Ole Miss, and that was a big red flag. But there were other things that played into that recruitment as well that I really won't get into. But suffice to say, Leo Lewis, Cam Akers is not. Now, Jeffrey Simmons, that's a legitimate question because Ole Miss thought it was done. Uh, Barney Farrar was the lead recruiter for Jeffrey Simmons, and when Barney found out that Jeffrey Simmons wasn't coming to Ole Miss, it was like someone kicked his puppy. He was devastated, and because he thought it was, he thought that Jeffrey Simmons was coming. He, all his, he and his family had all but assured Ole Miss that that he was coming. Something changed, and uh, I don't think Ole Miss ever got any true explanation as to why that changed. And you're going to hear different variations of why he went where he went and why he ended up at Mississippi State, and you'll get it from different sides, but. At the end of the day, Ole Miss fully expected that to happen. So you can only go by what the information you're given by people directly involved with the process and that are directly recruiting the kid. And I fully expect that to be Cam Akers going, going to Ole Miss. But here's the thing. If LSU – or excuse me, if, if Florida State was two hours from home, I think he would be a Seminole. I really do. But because they are you know, well out of, out of, out of state and – his family wouldn't be able to attend. That'll play into it. But also, if Ole Miss didn't have the NCAA stuff hanging overhead, I think he would have been one of the first commitments Ole Miss ever had. So there's both sides of this. Ole Miss has been a consistent presence throughout the recruitment. And unlike with Jeffrey and Leo, who you knew the number two school, the true number two school that Ole Miss was competing against, there is no true number two here. Sometimes it's been LSU. Sometimes it's been Florida State. If Florida State again was two and a half hours away from home, I think they would, without a doubt, be the number two, if not the leader for for Cam Akers. But they're not. So I don't, I don't think it's Florida State. LSU, I think, could make a push between now and Tuesday. But it, it would be an upset at this point if he doesn't end up at Ole Miss. But there there were different circumstances with Leo and Jeffrey, and not, not, all of these cases are are different within themselves. Like you can't based what Cam Akers' recruitment is compared to Jeffrey Simmons or Leo Lewis. They're all unique. So uh, it, it's like comparing apples and oranges. I, I don't think it really fits all that well. Um, but, again, in seven years, I missed on two. And to be honest with you, Leo, we should have seen that one coming more than we did. But Jeffrey was the true surprise, and I, I just don't think that this is any way comparable to, to that. His mom and his stepmom won't Ole Miss. Cam Akers' mom and stepmom, I mean, stepfather won't Ole Miss. So I uh, would be surprised – because usually in the end, mom wins out, and I would be surprised if Ole Miss doesn't end up with him. Yeah, so that's a hell of a hell of a segue there. Um, I mean, that's why you've been doing it for seven years. Uh, so, so I've I've been covering, quote unquote, covering recruiting for Red Cup for a couple of years now, and been paying a paying a lot of attention to it before I was with Red Cup. But my three things for recruiting, and, and give me your take on if I was right or or wrong. But I think it's relationships with coaches playing time 
and mama. And like you said, mama, 99 times out of 100 is always going to win. Um, and I think that those three things are probably the most important thing. You know, record wins and losses doesn't matter. Bowl games don't matter. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. So those are my three things. I think if you had to give three things the most important thing to, to landing a recruit, um, what do you think those are? I think the mom is, is certainly significant. I think that's a really good point. Playing time, all of those things, uh, they're interchangeable. For different guys, uh, there's more significant for different things. But one thing that always matters is a parent's relationship with the particular school. And that's why the mom wanting Ole Miss is big. Because like you said, in the end, mama usually wins out. There are legitimate concerns from some and I'm not going to use the word camp because I hate it. So I'll say there are some within <laughs> his inner circle that would prefer other schools that believe that Ole Miss isn't big time enough for Cam Akers, that the offense isn't the best of fits for Cam Akers. But those are things that can be overcome with typical recruiting where the the lead recruiters for Cam Akers, like a Derek Nix, for example, can go in, if he has concerns about Phil Longo, can go into his home. Well, he can't right now during the dead period, obviously. I'm just using this as a hypothetical but if he had concerns about Phil Longo as an offensive coordinator, he could go into his home, lay out the numbers for him, explain it to him, and the kid generally will, uh, if he was already favoring Ole Miss, come around to the idea, even if he had initial concern. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think that relationships are the most important. That losing games, look, man, no, no one wants to go play for, for a team that's perennial, perennially losing, but Ole Miss hasn't been that over the, in the previous five seasons or four seasons before this year. Under Hugh Freeze, they in the same year they won a Sugar Bowl, they went five and seven. And if Cam Akers looks at this, he can see that Shea Patterson, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Demarcus Lodge, and, and a ready-made opportunity at running back and offense that's going to be dynamic. An offensive line that's too deep, the best offensive line in terms of depth and maybe overall talent that Hugh Freeze has ever had at Ole Miss. And the, the opportunity is there, and if all things are equal, if you're weighing every single school on equal. Uh, on an equal playing field, then I think that um, the relationships, like we've been saying, went out, and I think that's why Ole Miss is the prohibitive favorite. And again, I could be wrong, and that's recruiting. I could be wrong, absolutely. I've been wrong before, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, th- that's just that happens in this business. You're not going to bat a thousand. I, you know, it, despite what some in this industry claim to bat, you're never going to bat, you know, a thousand in this industry. So. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but you you can only go by the information that you gather from those that are directly involved with the process that you lean on for information every single year in recruiting. And everything I'm gathering that right now, as of today, it's Ole Miss. And I think it would be hard for any school to pull, not necessarily pull the upset, but to win out and and supplant Ole Miss as the favorite. I will say this is kind of odd to me, though, that national media have kind of stirred the the drink of Florida State being the leader of Florida State LSU battle Tennessee's coming on strong that's just not consistent <laughs> with how this recruiting how his recruiting yeah. going but and, and see that's where that's where that's where the, the the those narratives come that oh you know Ole Miss just paid out the money you know it's just dumb I mean look if you paid attention to the kids recruiting throughout the process you know Ole Miss has been there the whole time but that's how that crap starts well, uh, Ole Miss is, is the leader right now well I you know I just kind of simplified it, you know, a couple of days ago, talking to some friends, uh, some, some, some Tennessee graduates and, uh, you know, folks were, 
you know, hey, maybe Cam Akers just likes Ole Miss. Who'd ever thought that maybe an in-state kid might like the University of Mississippi? I mean, maybe it's just as simple <laughs> yeah. as that. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I so, mean, a lot so, goes in, a lot a lot goes into the recruitment of, of highly ranked kids like this. It's it's not just as cut and dry as oh, playing time and I love Ole Miss. I mean, it's it's not like that. I mean, with every school, there are different factors that weigh in for their particular favor or against them. So. It's not black and white. It's not very clear because each kid is unique in terms of what the recruitment means. But you're right in that to think that Ole Miss wouldn't be a factor for Cam Akers, considering they've been recru- Derek Nix has been recruiting this kid since eighth grade, considering that's the in-state school, considering that he has a ton of home state pride and the whole draw of being being the hope. Oh God, excuse me, being the home state hero plays into it. I mean that that's naive, or or you're just being um, you're you're willingly being ignorant to what Cam Akers potentially wants in a school. So I, 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 the dismissiveness and um, the the outright disbelief that Ole Miss could be a factor is not only comical to me, it's, it's borderline um, idiotic. And, and that's why I think anyone that is claiming that Ole Miss isn't the leader, or at least even if you refuse to believe that not within the top two or three, they're setting themselves up to look foolish. And you've and you've said it a couple times. You you said the word consistent, and and I've said it multiple times when talking with people about the recruitment and the situation is is the one constant consistent thing. The theme throughout Cam Akers' recruitment has been Ole Miss, whether it was a top six, a top ten, a top three, a top four, a top two. Ole Miss was always in there, and I think that you know going back to the the importance of relationships, and you know you've mentioned Derek Nix and being there with him since you know, 2011, I mean, being in the home with the mom and, and, and having that relationship and, you know, Hugh Freeze, that's kind of his bread and butter. He, he, he can work magic in a living room. And I think that that's, what's going to end up winning out. Um, I've been adamant that, that Cam Akers has, you know, virtually been a lock for a while. Um, you alluded to the NCAA situation being something that's, that's really uh, tripped this whole thing up. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that, that, the consistent theme has been Ole Miss and the national narrative being Florida state or Ohio state is just kind of silly. Um, you know, w- w- everybody will see on Tuesday. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we could it, be wrong. It, it's kind we of could weird. Be completely wrong. We could be completely wrong. Maybe yeah. we're the ones that are in the dark here. I just considering, uh, I mean, if this were a kid from Georgia, maybe I put some stock in that, but uh, I'm as well sourced on this as I can possibly be. And, and again, all signs yeah. are pointing toward Ole Miss. Could he pick? Florida State or LSU? Absolutely. I can't say that enough. I don't want anybody to get done listening to this and go, oh, well, Ben Garrett said that Cam Akers is 100% a rebel. It, it's never 100% till the ink's dried on an NOI or if a commitment's yeah. made and whatever. I mean, whatever you want to say that make you feel better about it. It's never 100% till it's done. But from everything I've gathered, Ole Miss is the leader, and I would be surprised if it's anywhere else but Ole Miss on Tuesday. All right, so shifting gears a little bit here, um, and I hope you got a little stretch in before we started uh, throwing you in a little bit of an alley-oop here. Um, so I'll give you my comparison to Cam Akers, and then I'll let you give yours. And I, Maybe we had the same one, but knowing, knowing who your NFL team is, you're going to like it. So um, yeah. I, I've seen film. Yeah. I, I watch way, way too much. I, he screams Ezekiel Elliott to me. Um, yeah. yeah. He's got the home run speed, but he can. He, he's an extremely, extremely – physical runner between the tackles. So if if yours is Ezekiel Elliott, I guess who else would you compare him to? 
Well, far be it for me to even pretend like I have a clue as to talent evaluation or how to scout well. I'm, I'm just not qualified to do it. There's a reason why I cover Ole Miss sports for a living, and I'm not coaching because I don't. I, I would be terrible at it. Having said that, if you're if you're asking me, who does he remind me of? Well, Zeke's the one that jumps off the page, and it's because I watch Zeke every single week. Uh, I mean, he's my favorite athlete, not named Chipper Jones ever. Uh, I, I I was in the draft room when when his name name was announced and. I'm supposed to be there covering Laramie Tunstall and Robert Kondichi and Laquan Treadwell, and I'm jumping out of my press seat because I'm so pumped about Ezekiel Elliott. So uh, I'm a little biased there, but he does have some some running traits like him. And I think one thing that kind of gets lost is while he played quarterback, man, he's physical to where I think the block, you know, picking up blocks won't be something that will be hard for him to do. And that's something that freshmen struggle with. That's why freshman running backs don't get on the field primarily, well, most of them don't get on the field as the primary running back in year one is because pass protection becomes an issue. I don't think that'll be an issue with Cam Akers. He's not going to be afraid to step in and make the and make the plays necessary to protect his quarterback. He won't necessarily have to do it very much because Phil Longo's air raid attack won't uh, force him to, to stay in and block. He's going to be handing the ball a lot because Phil Longo's offenses rush the ball 52% of the time. So there's a lot of things – that makes sense for Cam Akers in terms of this old Miss fitting offense. I think Zeke makes the most. But Warwick Dunn's also a comp that I've heard recently that I like a lot. And I hate, I hate comparing kids to all-time greats, and Warwick Dunn and Zeke seem to be fit that description. But you're never, you're never going to pr- compare Cam Akers to, like, you know, Danny Woodhead or something or Deion Lewis. I mean, I think he, <laughs> in terms of body type and fit, he looks like, he looks like those two, and, and he reminds me of those two. And, I can't remember who told me work done, but it, it made a lot of sense to me. I can see that. We'll see if he lives up to, to that potential. But there's no doubt that he's a dynamic running back. He's a instant impact running back. He's a player that would be instrumental not just on the field but off for Ole Miss, would help with D.D. Bowie uh, securing him up, even though I think despite any drama he'll end up at Ole Miss, helping with Willie Gay, helping with Miles Brennan, who though he reaffirmed with LSU, Cam would be in his ear helping with, um, I, don't know, I think I already said, really good. C.J. Avery potentially flipping from Louisville. He would just be such a, a important domino to fall and, in my opinion, is the linchpin for the whole class because if he doesn't commit, if he ends up somewhere else, if all the information, current information is wrong, and if he ends up somewhere else, it'll just be devastating for Ole Miss going forward, trying to build a class that comes anywhere close to the previous classes of not necessarily top 10, but even top 25. So he, he's an important piece. And really the, the final cherry on top of an offensive Sunday that could be incredible for Ole Miss, if you think about it, in terms of sheer talent. They would then have the number one quarterback in the country, the, a top one, you could argue, one or two running back in Cam Akers, depending on service in the country, the number one left tackle, one of the top wide receiver, two, one of the, two of the top 100 wide receivers. I mean, the talent on offense uh, will, will, will be incredible, and, and Cam yeah. would just fit perfectly into that. Well, I mean, I think – I don't know. Well, I know why. Because um, why? Why in the world would a would a top rated recruit go to Little Ole Miss? But uh, you know, yeah, you just I don't you know. just use like an old like an old Southern draw. You sound like Colonel Sanders right there. I, mean, I know yeah. it's by design, but it's kind of wigging me out. Yeah, might might have been a little little Frank Underwood. I don't know, but um, yeah, yeah. Y- you know, it, it it's it's lost in the shuffle. I think at the talent that's on the offensive line. I know the offensive line was bad. The running game was bad. Um, but there's there's talent across the board. I mean, no matter what the service, I mean, I'm pretty sure Greg Little was a five-star. you got Bryce Matthews, Alex Givens, Rod Taylor, Javon Patterson, all four stars. And then Sean Rawlings has been a guy that's just been playing out of his mind. Um, 
I mean, started as a true freshman or redshirt freshman on the road against Bama last year um, at right tackle. And then you got guys like, you know, um, Durante Bolden that have, that have been in the shuffle here and there. But, I mean, there's talent up front, and I think, um, you know, I'd get your take on – I've always said you take a better running back as opposed to a better offensive line because and, – and whenever I tell people that, I'm like, okay, if you want a better offensive line, name one offensive lineman on Barry Sanders' offensive line for the Lions. Yeah, but Barry Sanders isn't Barry Sanders without at least competent offensive linemen. That's true. Um, but I think that, you know, Cam Akers would, you know, complement the offensive line big yes, time. Yes, 100% agree um, with that because Akeem Judd rushed for over 100 yards in four straight games to end the year, but he consistently struggled. There were times when people would, would wonder, why can't Ole Miss run the ball? It's, or this offense, fire Matt Luke, this offensive line isn't blocking. I hate to break it to people and to throw a little cold water on that, but Matt Luke's a very good offensive line coach and one of the, easily one of the best recruiters, and he's – Recruited, he's got the best room in terms of depth and talent of any coach on the staff. I mean, he has filled up his room. They redshirted Royce Newman, Bryce Matthews, Jake DeFord, Chandler Tewitt, all of which guys in previous years might have to play on the two deep. They didn't have to do that, and even with injuries this year, tough injuries. Rod Taylor goes down. Alex Gibbons and, and Greg Little, both as a redshirt freshman and true freshman, have to play, and yet they continue to produce. And the one thing that got lost in all this when they weren't running the ball consistently sometimes is holes were there, but Akeem Judd, for as good as he was at times in those final four games, simply couldn't see the holes or didn't have the ability through jump cuts or back cuts to get to the hole. So now if you bring in a Cam Akers, an explosive running back who can see these things and can get to them quickly or at least can make the reason cuts necessary to get to the hole as it's created, that will only make Ole Miss's running game better. There's something to be said. For example, and I know it's not fair because it's the best offensive line in football, but I'm a Cowboys fan, so sue me here. But there, there's a reason why all the, uh, the Cowboys, with the same offensive line, are an even more dynamic running team with Ezekiel Elliott than with Darren McFadden last year. Last year with Darren McFadden, Darren McFadden, the shell of Darren McFadden, who only had one 1,000-yard rushing season before coming to Dallas, goes well over 1,000 yards with no quarterback. They had Matt Castle, Brandon Whedon. It was terrible. Kellen Moore. They still He rushed for 1,200 yards or whatever it was for Darren McFadden, but there's a reason why Ezekiel Elliott's an MVP candidate because not only does he have the best offensive line in football, but he's also easily one of the most talented running backs, if, the, if not the most talented running back, not named David Johnson potentially, in the NFL. If Cam Akers is every bit as talented and as good as you expect him to be, stands to reason that that offensive line that did produce when there was a commitment to running the football and did make Akeem Judd a 100-yard rusher in four straight games to end the year with an even better running back would have more consistent success. So a good running back can certainly help an offensive line and vice versa. It's not one or the other. You can't have a great offensive line and a bad running back. Ezekiel Elliott matters even when you have Alfred Morris on the roster. Cam Akers matters even when you have Eric Swinney and Jordan Wilkins and um, Eugene Bradson on the roster. He's a different type of talent, and that would certainly be a huge boost for Ole Miss. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, you can make an argument for either one. I think, um, you know, definitely comparing college to NFL is a little unfair because um, clearly the Cowboys – Oh, um, it is for sure. I'm talking about just from in, in terms of how a running back can help an offensive line, how an offensive line can help a running back, period. Because yeah, elite, yeah, yeah. elite talent is elite talent, and, and you can't – Denied that that won't help a running game. I'm with you 
because Barry Sanders made a maybe mediocre offensive line better, but they still had to be competent to open running lanes for him. So Cam would be – he'd be huge, man. I mean, he – He's the missing piece. He's the last missing piece, I think, for them. And if, if they can get him in, it, it'll be big. Yeah, and you alluded to the domino effect that it would have. Um, and we'll have more on that for sure. Um, last thing before I let you go, um, the breaking news we alluded to before we started, the hire of uh, Pavetto for the for the linebackers coach. Um, so I, I want to say that you kind of broke the story on Twitter earlier today. Um, so – Give me kind of a, a quick rundown before you go on what he brings recruiting-wise and then as a position coach. Well, he's going to be um, the linebackers coach and running game coordinator for defense, and it makes a lot of sense for what they were looking for. He checks a lot of boxes. Ross Dellinger of The Advocate's going to be on my podcast tomorrow. So, hey, check that out, the Ole Miss Spirit Podcast. If you're listening to this one, hey, scratch my back, too. Listen to that one. Hey, hey, it's on iTunes now. It is on iTunes. You can subscribe, rate, review. I would appreciate all of it. So he's going to come on and talk about it in depth about what he brings because one thing that's important um, when when you're looking to try to evaluate this hire is how good of a recruiter Bradley Del Pevito is. He's a a, a dynamic recruiter, was the number one recruiter in the SEC last year. But on the other end of it, Ole Miss was looking for a coach who had extensive experience as a game planner, had some head coaching experience, and he checks those boxes as well. There was obviously some talk about James Willis, the current assistant linebackers coach for the Saints, who has a longstanding relationship with Leslie McGriff. That didn't happen. There was obviously some talk about Mike Singletary. I can say it on your podcast. I've said it before. Look, there was mutual interest between Ole Miss and Mike Singletary. It was ultimately – I don't know how far down the road it got, but it was ultimately decided at some point that it didn't seem like the best fit for what Ole Miss was going for, or necessarily for Mike either. So I don't know which side it was, but let's just say in, it, it, there was mutual interest. It was determined maybe by both parties. I don't know. I don't have that as well sourced that uh, the fit just didn't make a lot of sense right now. But um, Pavetto does make sense because what Ole Miss needed was recruiters and an, an elite recruiter, another elite recruiter to add with Wesley McGriff, who's unrivaled as a recruiter, Jason Jones, an underrated strong recruiter. Trey Scott is likely to be the next defensive line coach, dynamic recruiter. Now you add um, Bradley Dale Pavetto, and he is, again, another dynamic recruiter. So what Hugh Freeze, the common requirement, it seems, for whenever he's hiring a coach this year is how good of a recruiter is he, and Bradley Dale is, is, is dynamic, and that's a, that's a big part of it. Uh, I, I think it's what they need. I, I think it'll help in a lot of respects. It, will help with Willie Gay. It'll help with the Thomas Johnston. He's, he's guess the one position that he specializes in in recruiting, linebackers. And guess what Ole Miss needs? Linebackers. Ole Miss has one SEC hey. quality linebacker on campus. Yeah, this is, this is the guy you need. So I like <laughs> this the hire. Is, this is good. I, it could, could they have gone in other directions and maybe um, hit more of a home run? Yeah, sure. But I, I think for what they were looking for, he checks a lot of boxes, if not all boxes. And it's exactly the fit that Hugh Freeze needs. And guess what? Hugh Freeze is the one that's going to have to uh, sink or swim with the consequences of his hire. So if this is the guy he wanted, which it's obvious he did, then it makes a ton of sense. It's the same discussion with Phil Longo. If Phil Longo directly aligns with his what his beliefs are in offense and he was never going to give over his, over his offense completely to anyone that he didn't completely agree with in terms of offensive philosophy, Phil Longo makes a lot of sense. And whether you want to nitpick it or not, 
you, you've got to respect the fact that Hugh Freeze is going all in with what he believes are his guys, which is what Ole Miss fans wanted from the from the get-go. They wanted sweeping changes. They wanted Hugh Freeze to take ownership of his program, and he's done that. And I think Bradley Del Pavetto is another step in, again, solidifying that position of he's taking ownership, he knows what he wants in guys, and that's recruiters, and he knows what he needs, and that's to help Wesley McGriff from the game planning aspect. That's why he's the running game coordinator for defense. And also he can go get linebackers in here. Because one thing that needs to be remembered too, and I know I'm getting a little long, long-winded here, but one thing that also needs to be remembered here is in 2014, Ole Miss had one of the best defenses in the country. With the same defense and the same schemes that they ran this year, what was the difference? Talent. Elite talent. And it kind of makes sense then that when you're playing Taylor Polk's significant minutes in 2016 that you would suck on defense. And I'm not trying to be mean to the kid, but, I mean, I'm sorry. Taylor Polk's not an SEC-quality player, and yet he was logging SEC you know, productive quality minutes in 2016. That's why they're five and seven. So this will go a long yeah. way in, in filling back up that, uh, that empty talent. Well, so uh, another box that, uh, that Pavetta checks is uh, he has uh, NFL experience and there's one uh, certain four-star linebacker from the state of Mississippi that is very concerned with getting with the league. So I think that that's important for uh, <clears throat> Willie Gay. Um, but yeah, recruiters, so. recruiters, recruiters. That's what he wanted. He wanted guys that yep. were not just can go in homes and, and you, you, they'll, they'll love you and let you finish second. They want guys that can go in and win in, in homes, and, and they've got a staff full of them now. Uh, we've been saying it for the last couple of weeks on the site. Uh, on offense, you win with scheme. You got Phil Longo. On defense, you win with talent. So you got Weston yep. McGriff. Now you got Pavetta. So you got to get that talent in there. So um, we'll close the interview there. Uh, ben, we can't thank you enough. Uh, ben Garrett, Ole Miss Spirit. Check him out on uh, scout.com, Ole Miss Spirit. And you can also, like you said, check him out on the Ole Miss Spirit podcast on iTunes. Subscribe. Give him a shout-out on Twitter, at uh, Spirit Ben. Uh, once again, man, thank you enough. Great stuff, and we really appreciate you uh, coming on. Zach, man, I enjoyed it. Anytime you want me to come on, I'd be happy to do it. It was fun. And uh, hopefully, hopefully – all of the coaching stuff wraps up close enough to Christmas to where, hey, maybe, maybe a couple of days off. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be great. And, you know, maybe I'll bring you on here in a couple of weeks if, if Zeke continues to carry my fantasy team to a championship. So um, oh, I'm very thankful oh, for if him. You, if you want to hear complete, complete Zeke fandom and just total sunshine pumping, I got you with that. I am the <laughs> biggest Zeke fanboy in the world. Oh, man, we'll do it. I hate that they won't let him show his stomach. I know. That's like the trademark. He, I mean, <laughs> man, it's just the NFL. It's the no fun league. We've established that. Man. All right. Ben, can't thank you enough. Appreciate it, man. Have a good night. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.